talking about the question of 10x developers. Do they exist? Are they a myth? And if they do exist, are they aliens? Let's talk about that. All right, we know that aliens don't exist, but developers do. And we're pretty important. We write a lot of code. We create technical solutions to everyday problems, right? Um, but it's a competitive world out there. So we think about the business aspect of software development. Uh, you might be in competition, whether you know it or like it or not, with other developers, not only at your own company, but maybe uh, with other companies. Uh, maybe, maybe you're looking to get promoted or to get a new position, job, etc. You're being compared. Uh, you go through the interview process. They're looking at you. They're asking you questions. They want to know what value do you add? What do you bring to the table? Um, are you a 10x developer? Well, probably not, because maybe those don't exist, but maybe 2x developers do or 3x developers do. And if we're part of a team, how does our team become a 2x or a 3x team? Is that possible? What do we need to do to get there? I think it's about being effective and efficient in lots of different areas. We talk about our development environment and the tools that we use. Let's take, for example, Visual Studio Code. So we're an Angular developer. We have Visual Studio Code. We're using, um, let's say we're using NX Dev Tools. You don't know what NX Dev Tools are. That could make you a 2x developer almost immediately because they're pretty awesome. But let's say we have a workspace environment and we have um, some applications, uh, projects, some library projects there, and we're writing code. One extension that we can install and configure with our application is the uh, Angular Language Service. Um, it's basically uh, using the language service package and TypeScript packages, um, but it's really very useful for uh, completion lists for your code as you're writing code, like IntelliSense. Uh, you get uh, information about the code you're writing. Uh, you can go to definitions and navigation, things like that. But it also helps with um, being able to have uh, more insight to your code and uh, make it more reliable. For example, you can configure your Angular compiler options, uh, strict templates, to true. And what this will allow you to do is to give you... Um, better insight and uh, typing of things uh, or fields in your, your template. So you know when something is not quite right or is not the right, uh, maybe you didn't type the correct property name or you're not using the right type, um, you'll get uh, an indicator in your IDE that uh, shows you that. So that, that could be something, just a little something, but it could be something that could add value and make you just that much more efficient. Now, one other thing that uh, I really uh, like um, are code snippets. So code snippets are like just mini code generators, and there are some extensions out there. Uh, John Papa has uh, Angular snippets, and he keeps up with each version. So right now, um, 
think you can get uh, Angular version 13 snippets there. And basically, you install this uh, extension and it allows you to uh, basically uh, have like, uh, it's almost like a helper as you're writing code. You basically uh, start typing and you have these hints that pop up in your IDE. And basically then you can then uh, tab and then basically get that snippet of code uh, in the location where your cursor is. So basically these are just little mini code generation, code generators snippets, but it also has the capability then to customize because then you can tap through that snippet as it's, as the code is on, on your uh, file there. And you can basically then add or customize certain parts of that snippet. So it has placeholders and the ability to define where those placeholders are in that snippet. So you can like tap, you can have as many as you need um, to do that. So there are different extensions out there uh, for uh, snippets. Angular snippets is one. I would definitely recommend that. But when you start thinking about snippets, one thing that you can also do in your Visual Studio Code environment is you can create your own custom snippets. You can actually uh, look at the um, uh, snippets. Uh, go to the command command palette and uh, you can type in uh, snippet and you're going to see uh, configure user snippet and when you do that and select that it's going to allow you to um, uh, create new global snippets you can uh, create a, a snippets file for different types of code like html scss typescript Angular, so basically you can organize your snippets by the extension or the type of file that you're working with. So all your TypeScript snippets are in a single file and they're managed that way. And when you create a new snippet and add your own custom one, um, you can uh, create a shortcut to that snippet so that when you start typing um, the shortcut, you will get a list of all your snippets and you can very easily select the, the one that you're working with. Now for me, I always uh, uh, prefix my snippets with the word motion, M-O-T-I-O-N. So when I start typing M-O-T, I start getting a list of snippets in my code, uh, my snippets that I've uh, put there. And then you can actually uh, open up that snippets file and you can create uh, placeholders, um, percent one, percent two, percent three, and they will go in a sequence. And when you tap through that snippet as it's on your file, you'll be able to type code in each of those placeholders. So it's a way to basically create or scaffold or outline that bit of code. And then you can just tab through and then start typing um, the custom code that you want there for that uh, part of the snippet. So um, I think it's really an amazing uh, uh, way to, to uh, uh, you know, increase some of the productivity, make yourself a little more efficient. Um, and it's been part of the Visual Studio Code environment for several years now. And um, I find that, you know, a lot of developers are really not taking advantage of snippets. So we already have, uh, you know, other developers, uh, you know, publishing their snippet extensions, but we can also create our own. And when you start creating your own, um, you can actually uh, share them uh, with your team as well. So you can have um, some snippets that, of things in your code that you normally do 
um, maybe as a team or there's some conventions or some uh, ways that you uh, configure certain things and it might be easier to just create snippets for that and it gives you the outline and then you get that muscle memory and you can start really uh, speeding up the uh, coding and development process there. So that's uh, snippets, pretty cool stuff. Um, I don't know if that's going to make you a 2x developer, but maybe it's a 1.2x developer. Is that good enough? I don't know. Let's uh, maybe let's up our game a little bit. Let's talk about the Angular CLI. Angular CLI has been around quite a while, and there are lots of things that we can do with it. So, um, you know, we may we may use it, and we may know a few of the commands. You know, ng generate and we can create a, an application, we can create a class, a component. Um, maybe we do some of the simple things, module um, to organize your code, things like that. But what about all the different options? Now, we may not know that uh, we could create something called a SCAM, a single component application module. Now, that's a cool name. Uh, Lars uh, Geir Brink Nielsen uh, came up with that. Um, a while back. I think we talked about it on one of our earlier podcasts with Lars. But uh, a scam is a specialized component. Um, it's just like using a CLI to create a component. But what's interesting about this is you're creating a component that has its own module that lazy loads the component. <clears throat> and you can use the Angular CLI to create this. So it's basically you're going to create uh, ng-generate module. Uh, you give it a name. And the options are dash dash lazy and dash dash routing. And then I think you indicate um, a dash dash module to indicate which module will um, implement the route uh, to target that lazy loading of that uh, specific component. Now, when you do that, it uh, will create the component in a folder. So you have the component file, you have the template file, you'll have the style file, you have the spec file, you'll have the module file as well. And you get all of that just by adding a few options to a single CLI command. So the, the options of a CLI command could actually create and implement um, some really cool things that you, you might not be aware of. So take advantage of uh, learning what those options are and see what they can do for you. So um, in the show notes uh, for this podcast, I'll uh, uh, point you to an article where we'll talk about uh, the uh, creating a scam and how they're useful, these single component application modules. Um, so we're using modules there. I know Lars uh, has wanted modules to go away for a long, long time, but um, I think they're going to be around a while, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, anyway, um, what else can we do? So, yeah, take advantage of, uh, you know, the CLIs and the options. So if you don't know what the options are for specific commands, you can just do uh, ng, uh, and you can dash dash help. Or if you know the command that you're looking for, like ng generate module, dash dash help, you're going to see all the options for creating a module and then you'll see that you can create a single component application module with just a very, very few options there. Now, I think another tool that's really cool that may up your game in terms of learning with the different options is if you're using the NX workspace um, or uh, maybe if you're not even, you could be 
you can just install the um, uh, NX console. Now, I always use the NX workspace, so I'm not sure if it actually will work with um, just a straight away Angular workspace. It might, I think it might. Um, but you install the NX console, it's an extension. And what's cool about the, this extension is it basically will uh, allow you to select or do different things to generate or run or build lint test. But what it does is it uh, provides a, a GUI uh, interface for you to do that. So if you're not really familiar with the CLI and you want to learn more about what the CLI does or what it's doing, um, as you use this uh, uh, NX console, it'll allow you to select a CLI command. Um, like let's say we want to create a, a component. Um, so we'll do the at Narwhal Angular component. And it says generate an Angular component. And when you, when you select that, it gives you a form in the Visual Studio Code environment. And what you do is it, you just fill it out. It asks for the name of the component, the name of the project, and it actually gives you a list, a drop-down list to select the project. So you don't have to remember all the names of the projects or the um, uh, where they're located, things like that. You can just select the project from the drop-down list. Um, it'll ask you uh, the module, the, the file name or path to the module that's going to declare the component, a drop-down for um, the style extensions that you want, CSS, SCSS, things like that. So basically what it's doing is it's giving you a form to fill out or to select the options that you want for your CLI command. And when you're filling these things out, um, you'll notice that uh, in the terminal that it's executing um, the, the selections that you have and when it does this it uh, is basically doing it uh, in a dry, uh, dry run mode which means it's not really affecting your file system um, in, until you hit the run button but uh, it's a great little tool basically to kind of visually see what all the options are so you see a list of all the options on the left on the right side you have the form you make all the selections if they're booleans you just check the boxes of the things that you want and then when you're ready, you just hit the run button. And when you hit the run button, it actually will, um, in the terminal, print out the actual uh, NX or CLI command um, that basically uh, is, is running from the CLI perspective. Now, what it's doing is just looking at the schematics for these CLIs or the generators, and it's looking at the options file, it's a JSON file, and it's just reading in those options and dynamically generating a form for you to complete. But, uh, you know, you look at the output in the terminal and you can see how they're constructed um, and it kind of gives you a little more confidence as you see these things. Um, then you can become a little more familiar with uh, the CLI commands and their different options. Um, but it's more of a visual way to do it. Not only that, um, it's not only for generating things, but you can actually have uh, an application or a, or a set of applications where maybe you want to um, build or uh, lint or, or test a specific application. So you can click test and it's going to uh, basically give you a form uh, to, to uh, basically test uh, a target application. It's going to ask if you want to run, uh, in par run parallel tests, uh, the maximum number of parallel processes, uh, things like that. So um, those things, you may not even realize uh, that those are capabilities or even options for you when you run a test. Um, but when you see it visually, it's like, oh, um, I could really run my tests in parallel. That 
makes them run faster so you can spend less time watching uh, the test uh, run on your, in your terminal so they can um, be more effective that way. And so that may get you maybe to a 1.5 or maybe a 1.7x developer, you know, just using just your built-in tools like this. Now, we can even uh, up our game a little bit uh, more. So we think about the technology that's behind the CLIs. And when we're talking about um, Narwhal and the NX.dev uh, tools, um, the amazing set of plugins that allow you to be really effective. So you can actually install the uh, NX uh, package and you can create an NX workspace that gives you all these capabilities and some of them we're talking about here. Uh, uh, you can use the NX console uh, to execute these different commands, but you have a, a different way to organize your code, but not only organize your code, but you have capabilities to uh, reuse and share code. Now, when we're dealing with organizing our code, one way to do that in bigger projects is to create library projects to um, maybe contain a features uh, set of components. Or we create a library project to implement the business logic or to encapsulate that business logic in a, in a library. So let's say it's um, we have uh, products. So products-UI uh, is a library project that we could create that has all of the product components to display lists of products, uh, product details, to create a product, update a product, all the components would be in this products-UI library. Now, if we wanted to basically then submit that information to create a product and you know, with the backend API, um, our team, we create another library project to encapsulate that business logic. And that's a, uh, would be products uh, service library or just products library. But we're taking the capabilities of Angular to, to create library projects, but we're also relying on uh, the way NX workspaces uh, work as well. So when we create these library projects using um, uh, the NX workspace, we don't have to compile or build our libraries and publish them to a private or public uh, NPM repository in order to use them. We can automatically or right away start using those library projects. In fact, you can create a uh, specific NPM scope for your workspace. And basically that scope is like uh, the at Angular or at my company name or at Acme. Um, the company, uh, my company, at BuildMotion, um, I have my own NPM namespace for some of the library packages that I build uh, for the projects that I'm working on. So it's a way to organize your, your, um, your library projects, but it's also a way to um, access them because in the uh, file of your, um, in your TS uh, config base JSON file, you have a paths attribute in your compile options. And basically there you really kind of have a mapper that you can map your scope name like at build motion forward slash angular or at build motion rule engine, at build motion uh, uh, logging service, things like that. And what it's doing is basically making a path or referencing a path to where that code lives in a specific library project. So, you don't need to build 
your library projects in order to use them in the NX workspace. All you need to do is just reference uh, them by using your uh, NPM scope name and uh, the name of, of like the package uh, that's targeting the specific library that you want. It's a pretty amazing thing. So really what it's doing is it's taking away all of the overhead of building and publishing uh, library, uh, library projects. And then it removes the overhead of making sure that you're updating the, the correct version in your package JSON file. You're doing an NPM or Yarn install to get the latest version of, of that uh, uh, package into your node modules. So that's a lot of overhead and time. And when you have a lot of libraries that may have different dependencies on other libraries, you'll see that you'll need to upgrade many libraries when you make certain changes and, and you have to manage all these different versions. That becomes very expensive over time. Uh, the project I'm working on now, we have, uh, I think we're a little over 60 projects now. Um, most of them are library projects. We have, uh, I think, three uh, web applications uh, in this uh, workspace. We have uh, two, uh, actually three uh, API projects using Nest.js. So the, uh, the NX workspace allows you to even have uh, different projects of, uh, from different platforms like Nest.js and Angular side by side. And then we have all these library projects, uh, libraries for Angular, uh, we have library projects for our Nest.js uh, projects, things like that. Um, and then Believe it or not, we also have libraries that can be shared or consumed or reused by both Angular and Nest.js. So we basically create a, a, a workspace library and it's, to, it's just a node library. It's just JavaScript at the end of the day and we put our types in there. So the models or classes that uh, we're using in our application in Angular, um, the ones that we're sending to the API or the responses coming back, all those types are in a shared library. So that's pretty cool when you think about um, how effective and efficient that is. So we never, we always, well, we're aligned with um, the models there because we have um, our front end and we have our API back end using the same classes uh, for the requests and responses there. So that's pretty effective. And we get all of that by um, the NX workspace and the different library projects and the different types of library projects that you can create there. And having the, the different applications uh, side by side, like the Nest.js and the Angular as well. Um, so a lot to be said there uh, when you're thinking about effectiveness and efficiency just by using library projects to organize your code. And we typically, um, the granularity that we do is um, every like major feature of the application um, has a UI library and a uh, corresponding uh, dependency on a um, uh, business logic or a domain service library. I call it domain service because it's you know specific to that feature. So uh, what we do there then is uh, the actual uh, Angular application um, will just lazy load the module um, in the UI library that uh, targets a component uh, to load. So uh, we take advantage of lazy loading, uh, we're loading modules um, from the library, so um, it's really all part of um, that kind of development um, environment that we have. So that's uh, pretty effective. And one thing that uh, we've done uh, with the like the business logic library 
um, the domain service library is that it's very specific in terms of how it's structured. Um, we basically have a service that uh, is using like a facade pattern and it exposes all the endpoints or APIs uh, operations that that service can do. But then it delegates it to some internal um, things that are not exposed outside of that library. So that's where we're really implementing our business logic. We have uh, a business actions that implement units of work. And in that uh, unit of, of work uh, business actions, we can validate, we're using a business rule engine. Uh, we can construct and execute uh, API calls uh, using our uh, shared HTTP service library, things like that. So all of that is encapsulated in this um, specific library um, for each feature. Now, you can imagine if you have lots of features, creating these libraries, uh, you know, it could be involved or it could take a little bit of time to do. But what we're doing is actually using some of the tools that uh, um, the uh, NX uh, team is using like plugins. So Narwhal has an Angular plugin, they have an SJS plugin, things like that. But you can also create your own plugins as well. And so what we're doing is, uh, what I've done is created a, uh, uh, an Angular plugin. And uh, basically what I'm doing is uh, creating libraries um, using uh, some of the same schematics from Angular or the NX uh, templates uh, generators. Uh, they call them generators in NX and they're called schematics in uh, the Angular uh, side of things. But basically what you're doing is uh, you're using um, the engine of the CLIs to generate code for you. So I create a plugin that will generate this library, business logic library for me. And it has all of the files uh, in there in the right uh, format, um, extending from the correct uh, base classes. It has all the log logger um, logging services and all the different things that um, are, will be in there. And basically, it's a pretty nice setup. And with in about maybe I don't know, it takes like 1.2 seconds, I think. And you have a library project with all this infrastructure boilerplate code, I guess, um, that's created in 1.2 seconds that, you know, if you had to write all that code and put it together and have it work perfectly the first time, um, that, well, making it work, it could take quite a while, maybe a few hours, half a day, things like that, but you get all of that in 1.2 seconds. So basically, we're uh, using the, the tooling from NX to create our own plugin, our own generators, and uh, we... Uh, that generator is using uh, the uh, the generator engine to basically um, execute other CLI commands, and it has a whole templating system. So um, we have files that uh, are templates, and we can inject any type of uh, code and customize any of those templates uh, to uh, write to the file system exactly um, how it needs to be for the specific library project. So. That to me, um, being able to take something that could take maybe several hours or even a whole day um, to just maybe a couple of seconds from a CLI command, that's pretty amazing. I think that's at least 2x, right? Maybe 3? I don't know. But that gives you a lot of value when you think about uh, optimizing uh, how you organize your code, how you create that code, 
what you're doing also is you're creating some consistency. And when you have consistent uh, implementations, um, I think of all the features that we have, um, I think I was looking at some things today, we probably have about maybe 20 different feature sections currently in uh, this one portal application that, that I'm working on. And every feature is pretty much the same. Uh, it's the same vertical stack and it's implemented the same from the UI components, communicating to a UI service, to the domain service. We have this business logic, all the actions are there doing their thing. We have the HTTP service library that's uh, constructing and executing API commands uh, to the back end. And all of that is very consistent. So you almost, when you look at the code, you almost can't even tell who wrote that code, uh, what team member wrote that code. Um, pretty conventional. And I think, um, I guess what I'm trying to highlight is you get a lot of consistency there. And that consistency um, is, uh, you know, makes, makes it more reliable. Um, and when you have really good defined architecture and uh, you have these best practices that the team is uh, utilizing, um, you get this muscle memory and implementing new features uh, becomes almost like second nature because you've done it before in the, in the other features that you've implemented. So I think instead of figuring out how you're going to do it each time, it's really uh, you have um, you know, different kind of ingredients, but you have the same recipe uh, feature to feature. So that's what we're doing. So. When, you, when I'm uh, just take a step back here, uh, we started talking about some of the tools, Visual Studio Code, uh, the language service for Angular. We talked about snippets, uh, extensions that you can download for Angular and TypeScript. We also talked about your custom snippets that you can create and not only use, uh, you know, as, by yourself or you can share with your team. Um, and that way uh, you can have like little mini templates and mini uh, code generation uh, opportunities or scaffolding your code there. But um, if you want to take it even to the next level, you can create uh, your own plugin using uh, NX uh, uh, plugin. Uh, uh, it's an NX plugin, um, I guess, workspace that you can create and you can add generators and executors to that, things like that. So it's a pretty amazing environment. And, and then, you can publish those uh, that plugin to like npm, and then you can use it in uh, any uh, Angular. Uh, well, I have an Angular uh, uh, plugin, and I can use that in any uh, project um, that I'm working in. So based on a version, so I have different versions of it uh, for Angular 13, Angular 14, and I can basically uh, call these. Uh, plug-in CLI commands and generate entire libraries of code in just a matter of seconds. So, uh, great opportunity. So, maybe we'll never be a 10x developer, but we can certainly look at our tools uh, as a maybe starting to figure out, like, maybe how can I be a, a 1.x developer or a 2x or maybe even 3x developer. And if you think about it, you know, it's multiplying that force. Um, so if if more than one team member is actually upping their game in terms of uh, their effectiveness and efficiency, your team is more competitive. And if you can beat your competition, your company's going to do better. You're going to be able to create better features. And, you know, a lot of good things come from that. So, um, yes, I think we can uh, be a 2 or 3x developer. Uh, take advantage of the tools that we have with uh, 
not only Visual Studio Code, uh, but with TypeScript, Angular, NX Dev Tools. Look at all the different things. So um, these are just some examples. Um, there's some other tool. There's lots of tools. So really, sometimes it's uh, really taking the time necessary to figure out what all the little options are, or how you can use them uh, in your environment uh, to make you yourself as a developer more effective, or uh, your team. So that's it for this uh, episode of the Angular Architecture Podcast. Um, talked a little bit about code organization strategies. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that topic um, on a different podcast in depth and. Uh, uh, and learn a little bit more how that can be uh, uh, a way to become more effective as well. So anyway, thanks, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hey, if you want more information about Angular Enterprise Architecture or the podcast and blog, please visit angulararchitecture.com, or you can connect with me on Twitter. My handle is at Angularlicious or at AngularArc. So looking forward to talking with you. Have a great day. Bye.